thoughts. The Texas Whopper is back. Ideas. Jalapenos. People. Deep fried onions. Caravan maintenance. Too bad it's some scrapings. Trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Texas Whopper. Niche's quiche. Hi guys, I'm only four days late. I'm only four days late. I know I said it'd be Monday, 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 but it's been, oh my goodness. I've been busy. You can hear it in my tired little voice. I've got a little, uh, got a little husky on. Um, I have to bloody, uh, I'll have to wet that to make it better. So, um, what you need to do, this is the thing that I've learned that uh, opera singers do, um, people who use their voices a lot, is, I know they rest it. I think Taylor Swift does that, does that 24 hours off. Um, God, she's everywhere, isn't she? I just don't get it. What a, what a banal time we live in. I mean, one of the songs was good. The Shake It Off song. That was it. But this is the banality of the times. Unless I'm old and I just don't get it. I probably don't. There's probably something great to it. Um, I'm more in the camp that uh, Kanye's a genius. 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 You might be listening to that thinking, fuck what? Um, but um, re-listen my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. <laughs> ah, I'm a genius. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I do need to make my voice at its optimum because I really sing black in the show. When I say black, I sing soul. There's two tracks in particular. That, and by the way, thank you to everyone who's coming to the show. I'll tell you what, it's a one in two hit rate. It's a one in two hit rate. It's 50-50. Some nights are electric. And then other nights are just awful. I can't work it out. I think that's normal when you're doing a whole month of gigs. But um, I'm trying to lift the hit rate to two in three. But at the moment, it's one for one. It's extraordinary. But I tell you, what, when it hits, it hits. And when it misfires, it, I mean, last night was, Sunday night was awful. Thursday night, actually, you know what? It went like this last week. Tuesday night, okay. Wednesday night, good, really good. Thursday night, awful, awful to the point where now this is what happens with tickle, uh, with um uh, with with shows when you need to um when you got a quietish night. So say during a festival run, you got a whole month. People usually leave things to the last minute. So getting people out in the second week of a festival on a Tuesday or Wednesday night is really hard, especially a Wednesday night. So what they will normally do, um, producers will do is complimentary. Um, they'll, they'll ticket the event. So they'll give away some free tickets and get some bums in. And good on those people for coming, even though they're getting a freebie. And look, good on them for coming even with a free ticket. Because when you, you know, you're given a free ticket to something, sometimes you just think, it's free, it must be shit. But they don't realise that across the board, even the big name acts um, are ticketing as well. Freebies. So they come into your show, and, and I don't know where this guy got wind of the fact that he could have got a free ticket to another show. Uh, I won't even mention who it is because it sounds like I'm being um, jealous or bitchy about them. I'm not. I'm not. They're just a different type of comedian. That's all. Just a different type. Probably broader and um, across the board. Uh, how would you say it? Well, I guess funnier in a broader sense than what I offer. I offer something very different, but funnier in a deeper sense that it's targeted just for people who get what I do. Is that, is that being nice? I think that is being nice about it. But this other guy, really funny. But he, uh, I don't know where he found this out or how he worked this out, but he realised he could have got free tickets to that and he was upset about it and let me know during the show. Whilst I was performing the show to him and he was sitting right in the front row looking at me and when I said, well, fuck off, go buy a ticket. You can still get a ticket to his show, even though it had ended. Um, he could get one for the next night. He could have bought one and been in there, but no, he was just upset because the free ticket he got wasn't to the show he wanted. So I said to him, well, just move to the back of the audience then if you're going to sit there and be like this. It was really annoying, and it did, it turned me. But the thing is, I turned the audience on me by having a go at him because I didn't realise that I think that half the audience were ticketed. So they, were all, they, all, they all started to think, oh, we could be doing other things as well. It just got really nasty. And um, anyway, he stayed in the front row. And he kept gesturing me to continue like he was the, uh, like I was the court jester that he was going to have to sacrifice at some moment. And he was the king. Very, very annoying. Very annoying. And I turned on him. I got vicious. And I, I do. I've got a nasty streak when you let it out. 
and I shouldn't have done that. So Thursday night, horrific. God, I hope my voice comes back today. I really want to have a great show tonight. Um, I Anyway, so Thursday night, Friday night, fine. Like on the side of really good. Uh, Saturday night, really good. Sunday night, I, I bombed. I died again. And I died in front of my um, main producer. And that was the little kick up the ass I needed because I realized I'd been spending too much time on the fucking sausages and not enough time on the show. So I spent the next two days then refining my show to then open again on Tuesday night. Absolute cracker. The best show of the run. Um, not to a huge audience, uh, but they loved and, and all the changes I made, amazing. My other producer came along, technical producer, and he was just like, oh, it's the best, you know. Re- I was so happy. Then last night, died. And not really died, just again, I think um, maybe a, a quite a few comps in the audience again, just, you know, just thinking, what the fuck is this? But just a lack of something in the room. There was no passion. I tried to ignite that passion. And I've got to admit, maybe that's the point that happens with me is I turn and I, t- I turn a little bit nasty and people are like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like him anymore. He's not lovable now. And um, anyway, so yeah, it was difficult. It was a difficult one, but it was, uh, but I got through it and I um, chastised the audience afterwards as they were leaving in a good way, made it funny. And then I met people afterwards going, oh, was that all put on? And I was like, yeah, half. No, the whole thing. Um, so I'm looking forward to tonight, but I'm hoping my voice gets a little bit better. But I've got to, you know what I've got to do this morning, straight after this, because I'm so late with the podcast. I have just been really, look, I've been busy. And it's hard to capture a moment where you are free from any interior demons. I'm not really fighting that many interior demons at the moment. I'm actually quite happy. I like working. God, I like, even though I'm really, I'm super poor right now. I'm cash poor because all my money's gone into the fucking sausages. Oh my God, the sausages have been a nightmare. That's just another bit later on. Um, we'll get into it later, but uh, I love being busy. So I've got things to do, but after this, I've got a 20 kilogram bag. Do you know what 20 kilos is? Anyway, of brown onions. So they come in one of those netted red bags. It's about the size of a toddler, uh, a toddler's body. 20 kilogram, but I sound like I'm breathing heavy. I think I've got a, I might have the beginning of a dusty chest infection, but I don't think I'm going to get sick sick. I can feel it. I, I don't, I tend not to get sick, hopefully during, well, I can stave off sickness sometimes if I'm really busy. I'll wait till the end of the run before I get sick. Uh, anyway, a 20 kilogram bag of onions to chop up. So I'm going to be chopping them on the balcony of my um, accommodation straight after this podcast to separate them into containers to hopefully get me through the fucking weekend. Oh, goodness. We've got to recoup some costs. Oh, I hope my little voice comes back. My little high registrar. It's not there anymore. Um, anyway, so it is. It's lovely to be busy. I went for a big walk around Adelaide yesterday because I had to go and do a voiceover for a um, corporation to, you know, to pay the mortgage off. And um, I ended up in... God, Adelaide's grim. There's a real grimness. I was in a, pl- a part called Keswick and Mile End. And it's very um, business and industrial, but it's really dusty, hot, no tree industrial. And men men with goatees driving Hiluxes industrial. Really, really grim. And I was separated. So I, went, I had to go to, to Bunnings. Now, Bunnings is like a and q It's a big, um, what's the one over in the UK? I don't know, H&R Block or whatever. I know it's a tax accountant. But it's one of those big uh, hammer barns. So big tool shop. And uh, I had to go there and buy a barbecue glove that could resist heat. So it's one that you can hold above the barbecue, uh, above the barbecue whilst you're flipping sausages and your hands don't get sizzled because my little hands have been getting hot. I've got hot hands from sizzling on the barbecue. And I got separated between the city. Oh my God, it was like a nightmare. It was like, an, uh, I was going to say an Orwellian nightmare, but that makes, maybe, maybe that makes sense as well uh, because it was futurist at the same time. So I was, yes, Orwellian? What am I talking about? Hang on, I'm going to have to look up all... There we go. There's my there's my thinky topic this week. Orwellian nightmare. Orwellian nightmare. Um, so in between the hammer barn, the big, uh, the big tool shop, and this other... I mean, everything's big here. So when you're walking towards something, so you see Bunnings in the distance or a supermarket in the distance, it seems like it's closer like a mirage and it was a 35 degree day and as I was walking toward it it seemed to get further away 
and I needed to get big plastic containers to store onions. Um, and yes, again, to people who are sending in messages saying, why don't you just get frozen pre-cooked onions, they cost more money. So the 20 kilo bag of onions I got cost me 20 bucks, which is crazy, um, considering uh, onions are about $4 a kilo. So I got them at a dollar a kilo, doesn't matter. Anyway, I, I'm trying to save money because I'm just going to break even. It's a, it's a sad story, but I'm, I'm happy about it. It's fine. We'll get into it in a minute. As I was walking towards... Shut up, that's my alarm clock waking me up for something I'm already awake for. Is that a passive-aggressive text? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so as I was walking towards... I, I could see something in the distance that said, Discount Warehouse, and it was massive, this sign. I was like, great, I can go in there, buy some plastic tubs like you would at the reject shop. And then I realized that was just a massive thing that I walked all the way to that was just for the whole zone of discount places, which weren't really that discount. It was just this awful super center, just full of places. It was just grim. And it's the type of place you could only drive to. You couldn't walk there, which I didn't know. I walked there, walked to the hammer barn, got the shit I needed. And then I had to walk back to the city, which I could see over the other side of a giant park. And I'm like, that's all right. I'll just cut through the park. There was no cutting through the park. In the middle, this is where I'm saying there was an Orwellian nightmare, was this futuristic racetrack um, for little athletics. There's little, I mean, I understand putting up a, a, a cage or a wall between me and little athletics, but there was a lot of park around it that I couldn't get through. The detour took me half an hour to walk around the park in 35 degree heat, just cursing Adelaide the entire time as I inhaled like exhaust fumes from a, a freeway I was walking beside that was... Uh, whirling up twills of dust which I was absorbing which you can hear in my throat today so fuck you Adelaide also one traffic light that I waited at two minutes and nine seconds two minutes and, and I'm going to prove this so I'm going to go back and record this traffic light I was in such a bad mood that I couldn't be bothered recording it yesterday I went through every emotion in my life waiting at those traffic lights two minutes and ten seconds is evil that's enough to drive you to suicidal ideation to be standing at the traffic lights in 35 degree heat, thinking about your life too long, thinking, fuck, how long is this going to take? Two minutes and nine seconds is how long it took. Outrageous. That's the, that's, that's Adelaide. That sums up Adelaide for me in a day. Uh, then I went to the market and had a really lovely uh, Hainan chicken. Hainanese chicken? Hianana's chicken. Chicken rice. Really good. Really, really, I got a place. It's very good. I know um, you non-meaters. God, I love you non-meaters, by the way. I'm going to talk about miso carrots in a minute. Um, okay, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to play you something. I don't know what it is. It'll be something, it'll be something quality. Um, I'll speak to you in a sec. Hang on. Today's world is full of things. But where did they come from? And how did they begin? Sam Simmons. The Precise History of things. History, of, History the moon. of the moon is the Earth's only moon. The average distance from the Earth to the moon is 384,403 kilometres. That's a long way to deliver a pizza pie. Racist! The moon's the only celestial body that humans have travelled to and landed on. If you believe in shitty, shitty old lies, that is. It's a fact that the moon, or moonge, is in fact a giant fake moon sent by the people in the future to tamper with the Earth. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Look at the missing link between man and monkey. It goes monkey, 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 man. Goes monkey, There's no monkey, middle monkey, monkey, thank you, man. moon man monkey, and the moon monkey, monkey, man. Monkey, monkey, man. And no! Martians are from Mars and not from the moon! It goes monkey, 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 man. Monkey, 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 man. I like the moon. Yeah, but you don't know what the moon really does. Yes, I do. It affects tides, which in turn affect the weather patterns. Yeah, but memory, memory. That's not even a real word. What? Like the moon? Oh, oh, you're such oh, an idiot. Oh, he is oh, not. Oh, I'm a moon monkey from the moon. But maybe I'm not a moon monkey, but a moon man in a monkey mask pretending to be a monkey on the moon. Ponksy, the monkey swinging a tree. Oh, what's that, Ponksy? There aren't any trees on the moon. Oh, no. Ponksy's not a real monkey. Ponksy monkey dancing on the That's moon. That's one small yeah. step for a Ponksy. One it's not that grim, actually. I'm, quite, I'm, I'm actually in a very, very good mood. Even though I died on stage last night, 
once again, I mean, there'll be no one just joining in, like it's after a mi- uh, commercial break. Um, I'm saying one in, one in, uh, one in two hit. Like, I mean, absolute hit or absolute. Sh- oh no, it's not absolute hit or absolute shit. In my mind, it's like that, but uh, I'm sure it's probably more like, oh, this is pretty good, and then a couple of dip. But and it doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, look, I will get into sausages in it. I will. I'll get into sausages. I'm loving doing it. I don't really like the prep. The prep works fucked. Um, and I do have someone I'm meant to be working with on it who's been less than great with that stuff. But that's okay. I love them. And they're great. They're bloody, he's a good guy and I love him. Um, but I have been left in the lurch when it comes to this stuff. So I am... The prep work is extraordinary to run a sausage sizzle. So basically on the weekends, it goes nuts. I'm not opening it on Tuesday and Wednesdays because there's really no point. And I also need some time down. So I want to work on other stuff as well for my... Not even two days off. I still have to work. Um, But it just gives me... It allows me to have the time to think about my show, think about life, think about other things, think about other writing, um, rechasing my indigenous ancestry, which I've been doing... So I've met with a great guy who is uh, like a corporate kind of dude at Tandania, which is an Aboriginal uh, cultural centre in Adelaide, named Phil Saunders, and he's great. He's a really great guy, and he's like, all right, what names have you got? I'll ask some uh, people I know uh, around if they know those names. And he asked a guy at Narunga, had no idea about the surnames of um, my great-great-grandmother, Maitland Barmby and Tucker. They're the names. Maitland Tucker Barbie. Sorry, Maitland, Bambi. Maitland, Bambi, and Tucker later on, which is a pretty black name. But uh, we're still yet to see. We're going to find it, though. I'm gonna, I need to employ a lot of my own time into it. Even And it's more book work now, I've realised. I, I thought it was more connection. You've got to go out there and sit with someone. This is what I've been told for years. If you're going to uh, find your Indigenous ancestry, you've got to sit somewhere and wait for someone to come up and talk to you. Uh, like to sit at the pub in Dimboola and then eventually someone will come up like it's all magical. It's not that. It's bullshit. It's racist, if anything, people uh, spreading that story. Even black fellas spreading that story. That's fucking racist. Um, it's actually a lot of bootwork. So I'm going to have to go look at uh, all the records in Victoria when I go for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm going to be sitting there during the days doing some investigating. Really looking forward to it. Um, anyway, so hang out with Phil next weekend, which will be fun. Uh, he's, a, he's a riot. We went for a drive the other day and he got dim sims. Um, and he drove to get the dim sims. Like he, he was really, he was adamant that it was dim sims for him. And we drove to get the dim sims and we sat and had a chat and, uh, yeah. Anyway, so he's, cor- he's corporate, hates corporate, wants to get into the arts. Anyway, really interesting chat. Lovely bloke. Um, what am I talking about? So, yeah. um, sausage sizzle. So it goes nuts on the weekends and certain times. Like on Sunday, this is why I had a bit of a shit show on Sunday. I was out. Um, I was out sizzling onions from probably ten a.m. So I got up at night. Like would have got up at eight. Uh, got there by nine. Started sizzling onions uh, at ten. Then they get ready. Then I got out. Then I was out ready. The operations was going by twelve thirty midday. No one was there. It wasn't even busy at all. There are a few, and it was like a really hot day, like 36, 37 degrees. And I was standing in the sun sizzling sausages. I sold what I had. Well, I sold what. And the amount of sausages I had compared to bread, I had enough bread. But you don't realize bread, that's a lot of stuff to carry. Like 20 loaves of bread is too much. And this is what my, my uh, sausage partner doesn't realize. Has no idea. Just thinks that bread just magically appears. Oh, look, look, the onions are here. Yeah, where'd they come from? Um, so I ran out of slices of bread. Uh, so I sold up to that point at six o'clock, but I realized that the peak, peak times between four to 7 PM and then afterwards. So that's what I'm planning for this week, which I'm not really looking forward to because I've got to recoup costs because it's, it's cost me more than what it's making at the moment, which is extraordinary considering I was trying to raise money for a silly Billy walk, which I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I do not think it can possibly happen after a month of shows and sausages. I, I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I am, I'm exhausted. So, and I'm not worried about that. That's what, that can happen at another time. I just need to cover my ass with the sausages because I can't afford to lose the amount of money I've put into making the sausage sizzle happen without recouping that. Co- I need to recoup that cost at least and pay one staff member. There is one staff member there. She's wonderful. Her name's Connie and she's been great. She's been helping me on the sausage sizzle. And uh, yeah, she needs to be paid no matter what. So I'm good like that. I'm good like that. You got to pay. 
Um, but yeah, I've co- I've spent enough. And look, I mean, it got to the point last week where it was, I was running the sausage sizzle on the sniff of an oily rag. Not cutting corners, like it's all fucking quality ingredients, which is annoying. Like it's squishy white bread and organic beef sausages at a reasonable price from um, a really great butcher who've looked after me, who are lovely and ethical and wonderful. And so that's all been good. And people getting shitty about the price, you can still get fucked. I've done a breakdown of the sausage sizzle and what it costs now. So it's basically, I'm charging $7 a sausage, which most of you out there are wincing at. Like, ah, $7? Well, here's your breakdown, you fucking lowlife. So when you go to Bunnings, most of the sausages and stuff, they're donated at a cost price, which is ridiculous, but you don't know where your fucking sausage is coming from. It's all like the shit that's on the floor, the leftovers from the dead animals scraped together with sawdust and put into a sausage. Your volunteers are volunteers. Your onions are pre-loved and uh, bagged up. So they're coming in, they're like four cents. So basically each uh, sausage, by the time it ends up in the bread with the sauce and the onions in your hand on a napkin from a barbecue that takes gas to fire the barbecue, it costs about $1.40, okay? I'm charging $7, but on top of that, there's 22% which goes to the site. So that's where I'm selling the sausages from, which is called the Garden of Unearthly Delights. They take 22%. Then, on top, so I'm left with, I don't know, like maybe about, well, it is about $4 left. But then what I've not factored into that is any, any, and I mean any of the labor whatsoever. So the person standing behind me is helping me sell sausages, plus the amount of time and work I am putting into it. And you might not think it's much. I said, whatever, mate, you just put some onions on this buddy uh, and get ready to go. You, you don't just put some onions on there. The onions don't cook that quickly, okay? The onions take quite a, a long time to actually cook through. So the onions have to cook through. Before you do the onions, you've got to chop them up, don't you? You've got to fucking sit there and chop them up like I will this morning. Two hours of chopping it up. When you add this all up, it is meager the amount of money being made i've spent roughly three and a half grand and i'll probably make that back i hope to goodness i make that back and that's been my adventure selling sausages there's um i've had to pay the artist and i've only paid him half that's cindy sin love ya still got um half of that to pay uh i'm lucky that scrimworks gave me that was so good ron was so bloody good to me uh, but on top of that, nothing else. I mean, I've got a reduced rate from O'Connell's. That's who's uh, doing the sausages. But the bread, I have to go into IGA or I have to go into um, Coles or Woolworths and buy the bread. I can't get it, you know, free. And I like to get it fresh so it's squishy. Because you want your sausage bread to be squishy. You know, I'm putting vegan fucking bloody uh, Worcestershire sauce on the onions to make them taste good. Like, I'm doing all the stuff to make it great. And it's a bargain comparatively to how much other things cost in the garden um the garden being the, uh, the the fringe festival site and people get shitty at me and i'm like so i've broken down how much it costs so people can actually look at it on the sign if they want to get shitty at me they can get shitty at me i don't give a shit come and fight me come and fight me at the barbecue i will had enough of little bogan men see a little bogan men just in me life in general you f- you fear-mongering little adelaide creeps anyway don't you just wonder what this life is sometimes when you just see a man in a Hilux getting angry, just driving along? You think, fuck, this is it. This is your one trip around the planet. What are we doing? What, squandering around, chopping onions? Like getting scared, getting the skerricks together in a sausage? I don't know. I, I don't know what this is. Anyway, big questions, big thoughts. Um, gee, I hope my voice gets better tonight. I think it will. Yo! Yeah, well, <clears throat> I just need some honey and lemon in there. And then it'll get good. My family's coming tonight. My family. Um, and I've missed them, so I'm very excited. I've been too busy to be mel- melancholy, though. That's another thing I've learned. Mindfulness. Mindfulness, which I said last time as well. Um, if I keep myself busy, I don't get depressed. And then you fall in a heap, I guess. But no, I'm actually um, trying to keep myself really busy. You just get up, attack the day! And uh, good things come. So today, very busy podcast. It says here on my little to-do list. Oh, by the way, to the morning fresh, fresh man. So last podcast, I mentioned how someone nicked my... I got my trolley back, by the way, from the uh, the filthy carnies at the Adelaide Fringe. It was hidden. Someone had bloody nicked it to carry flyers for themselves. You fucking prick. Oh, you... D- what are you dirty little... I don't know who you are, you dirty little mole. 
You lazy, dirty little mould is upending my cart full of like utensils so you could put your flyers in it to spruik your show. Fucking god damn it. Really? Anyway, uh, so I got my little wagon back, which has been good. Um, my morning fresh never reappeared, but a lovely man just turned up to the sausage cylinder and handed me a bottle of morning fresh. At first I was confused. I was petrified. Um, thank you so much, man. And I think I looked kind of angry as you were giving it to me. It's because I was busy. I always have an angry looking face when I'm at the sausage sizzle, particularly the man who, is it John or Jack? I'm doing, I'm emceeing someone's wedding and like one of his best men came up to me right in a moment of severe stress. And I didn't look busy, but I was trying to snip sausages with scissors. And he was a little bit too close to me because he know he... Because he thought he knew someone who knew me. He thought he could get really cl- he got really way too close in my sausage prep area um, to tell me this stuff. Like, we should have a meeting right now about a wedding. And it really fucking pissed me off. Anyway, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. Um, but it annoyed me, man. And he, he wouldn't even be la- listening to this. But it annoyed Just because you know someone I know doesn't mean you can bloody come in and talk to my face really close to my face. I can't deal with close talkers. I know there's a, there's a Seinfeld episode about that, but I've really got an, uh, an issue with it. I've got a dear friend in my life who's a close talker. I don't think he means to be face-to-face as a close talker, but it's more proximity of torsos. His torso's too close to mine to talk, and it makes me really uncomfortable, and he'll still come in closer. And I think it's because he talks low. He's a low talker, not a close talker. The low talker, that was the um, Seinfeld episode, I think. Doesn't matter, Whatever. Um, so anyway, thank you to the Morning Fresh man. Morning Fresh, you gotta get some. It's a terrible ad. Remember there was a Fanta campaign many, many years ago where it said Fanta, want a Fanta? I think that was just it. It just said want a Fanta. It's just direct and uh, not enough effort. Someone charged money for that, for want a Fanta, which is hilarious. Advertising people are ridiculous. I had one yesterday in my um, voiceover session. Oh, directors of voiceover sessions. So when you hear adverts for stuff and you hear the voice, you've got to realize there's someone else in there who's directing you to voice to do the voice in the way they want. And I think I've mentioned this before that when I used to do the voice for... I don't think I do it anymore. I used to do one for Barbecues Galore. I think they've sacked me or, or they've got rid of me or they're trying to save money. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, there was I got a direction in there that said when I'm talking about what I was talking about at Barbecues Galore, the direction was, can you sound hungrier? which is the most ridiculous direction I've ever received in my life. But um, I have a guy at the moment who was directing me and he really, he, what he does, he talks too, too much about the feeling of what you're meant to sound like and what you should do with your voice, which doesn't help because it's just going to come out of your voice in a way that you're not able to really, you're thinking too much about what he's saying about your voice and that's not going to change your vocal cord into what it is. You're just going to find it. But direction via someone else telling you how your voice should sound isn't going to help. Um, you're either going to find it or you're not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's it's like directing um, how a rock, an odd-shaped rock, should roll down a hill. You know, especially if the hill's uneven. You can't direct the rock to roll in a straight line. The rock's going to go at jagged, weird ways, and then eventually it might find a bit of traction. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Um, but my family's coming tonight. Yes, my family's coming tonight. I'm going to cuddle with my best friend because my family's coming tonight. I cannot wait. So my little girl's coming to uh, hang out for, uh, what will it be, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, for four days, two days off school. Naughty girl. And uh, we're going to go and hang out, do the fun fair. Um, she's going to eat fairy floss, all that stuff. So that's going to be, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm also a little bit scared because I'm going to be so busy as well. So I'm hoping um, I don't lose it. But at the same time, I'll be able to fall in a heap on Monday when uh, they leave in the afternoon on Monday. So that night, I'll be able to just go and have a massive sleep and recover. It's going to be a busy weekend of selling sausages to recoup my costs. To recoup my costs. (coughs) Pardon me. So I'm doing all the prep work because it's just saving money. I can't afford to um, employ someone else, but I do need someone there to help me sell sausages. But I might get a cleaning stuff as well because I feel I'm just doing too much. It's doing my head in. And I've got a, the guy that I'm working with. I love him, but he's just glamour. Just swanning around in linen, just looking cool, not getting dirty, not getting in there. Anyway, um, yeah, what was I talking about? 
Oh, yes, I sold out a miso carrot. So I will bring out, look, like the Hungry Jack's uh, Texas Whopper. Or what's that? You know when they do those specials that come back to McDonald's or, I don't know, like fast food chains where they're like, oh, the, the Wacky Burger's back at Hungry Jack's. Um, the Texas Whopper. Uh, I'll be bringing back uh, fucking miso carrots in the last week because they went bonkers and they all sold out way more than the vegan Japan, the Japanese vegan potato salad, which went really, really quickly as well, but that was way too much work. The, the miso carrots are insane amounts of work. I've done a video that I haven't been able to finish of how I prepare the miso carrots because I was so busy selling miso carrots, I couldn't get any footage of a, a vegan eating a miso carrot to get the final part of the video where you see someone reacting to the miso fucking carrot. So, um, it's so annoying. So I will in the last week bring it back like a Texas Whopper and I'll do a batch of miso fucking carrots so I can actually finish that video so people can see how how well that went. God damn it, they went so quickly. It's like vegans have a weird um, call that they put out to each other then all these vegans turned up. One little gaunt fella, he was a gaunt looking little fella, uh, yeah, he rocked up and he's, he tried one. He went, that was magic. Can I? And he came back and bought two more and, and kind of ate them in front of me, kind of strangely staring at me almost sexually. And it felt weird. I think that vegan food made by a meat eater for meat eaters is a good thing because we have a sense of taste and we really like to... I'm not trying to recreate meat. It's a hot carrot at the end of the day. And it's so funny denying um, meat eaters the vegan carrot. Because they'll be like, no, I want to have, oh, I just want to try it just because it's an option. And I'm like, no, well, if you're not a vegan, you're not having it. I deny them in the end and just hold it for vegans because I knew vegans would come again and again. And they did. Uh, so, I'd, and the, the meat eaters would get a little bit shitty and they just have a sausage. I'd be like, look, look, you're not going to enjoy it as much as a vegan. You're just going to bite in and go, oh yeah, it's a hot sausage. I mean, sorry, it's a hot carrot. Um, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so yeah, they were denied. Meat eaters were denied the vegan option, which I think... Uh, other vegans would applaud that. Uh, it just didn't feel like they deserved all my hard work. There was too much love in those carrots to just like shell them out to people who would normally eat a bunning sausage. Um, anyway, that being said, with all the sausage stuff, I might turn into a bit of a karaoke cart if my voice gets better by tonight or tomorrow night and uh, sing. I've been enjoying singing at the cart and just enjoying uh, talking to the general public. And I'll give freebies away to little old men that look poor. Because a lot of homeless people come into the garden as well because it's free to get in. So I've been feeding the homeless. God damn it. How, what a great guy I am. He's even feeding the homeless. Um, maybe that's what I'll do when I get back to Sydney. I'll just start feeding the homeless sausages. Which is a true thing that happened. To this is what happened to me. This is many years ago. Uh, in Newtown, there was a sausage sizzle going on. And I can't help but line up at a sausage sizzle. I didn't know it was a homeless sausage sizzle. And then I got to the top of the line and they're like, oh no, it's no charge. It's for the homeless. I'm like, but I'm not homeless. And I felt really bad. And it was the days of cash money. And I managed to find a, um, a $10 note in my pocket and I gave them that. And they're like, oh, no, we're not, we don't need to accept it. And I kind of just thrust it at them. Um, but maybe maybe that's what I should do. Just sell sizzle sausages for the homeless. What a love, bloody, like, like sausage Jesus. Look, he's sausage, these little sausages. He's got his little sausage, sausage toes and his little sandals. It's sausage Jesus. Um, the one thing I don't like about the general public getting angry is because you can't, my business partner would be like this. Hey, why don't you pre-cook everything back, um, back of house and then just serve the sausages. They're already cooked. It's like, you can't do that because the sausages go leathery. When they're in a sausage skin, it's disgusting. They get that weird kind of like, like a glad wrapped sausage and uh, people can see that. They don't like it. I cook them fresh to order or they're served to you within five minutes of being on the grill kind of thing. So people then get angry if they line up at the sausage sizzle and it's not ready. I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm sizzling the sausages so they're not old. And they get terse when it gets to the five minute point. And it's like watching a, a kettle boil. They're watching a sausage sizzle. They're looking at me. I'm looking at the sausage. The sausage is looking back at me and I'm looking at them. It's an intense Bermuda triangle of anger. It's like, fuck off. Just don't get a sausage. Go up the road. Buy $8 corn on the cob. How's that? $8 corn on the cob. I'm selling a $7 sausage and bread. God, I hope my, my little voice gets better. Anyhow, I will play you something now. I am... God, I could talk all morning. I won't, though, because um, I've got to chop onions. I'm like a little... Uh, like I'm serving in, the, uh, serving in the sausage core. <sighs> okay, um, I'll play you something. What am I doing? Here we go. Intense smile cheese broccoli pasta and sauce. 
If a bus carrying nine passengers is going at 22 kilometres an hour for 13 minutes up an incline of 32 degrees, with a tailwind of 14 kilometres an hour and runs into a jeep full of teenagers playing Bon Jovi really loud on a steel horse ride. How good is Bon Jovi? That's a um, so I've been going through all, a lot of my old material to fill out some bits in my show because I realise I don't know if I explained this to you before, but in my early days, and obviously it still doesn't work, but in my early days I wrote a lot of stuff, and that's not in the show by the way. It was just a weird thing I wrote. Um, in my early days I do stuff on stage and it would die straight away. I'd get rid of it, and then I relook at it now and I'm like, oh, that's good. I mean, that wasn't particularly good, but it was something. There was something written a while ago. Anyway, what I've got here. And that's when I realised I was listening to Funk at the War Memorial, which is really funny. So, that, And that's when I realised I was listening to Funk at the War Memorial. Isn't a funny line, but it's just the thought of what it is. I could write it into something one day. But I do remember, I went to a war memorial in London. Um, I can't remember which one it was. It was architecturally stunning. But... I had my headphones in and I realised I was reading about all this awful shit, but at the same time I was listening to funk, uh, which doesn't really go together, like Great Despair and Funk. Um, so not so much a funny, definitely not a funny line. Could be a funny bit of stand-up if I worked on it, but I, it's you know not it's banal to me. But as a visual thing in a film or something, funny. Uh, here, here's some other thoughts from the week. I turn my back on comedians I don't respect because they're mean. Gosh, that's a mean moment I had this week. Um, yeah, some comedians are cunts, and I've mentioned this before. Some of them are awful. There's one in particular I'm really looking forward to seeing who's a fucking asshole. Um, I've never met them. I've not even mentioned the sex of them yet. You don't know whether I'm talking about a little man. A little tiny short guy. Um, anyway, uh, imagine getting a dead leg at a Roman sex orgy. That was one of my thoughts that this week. Which is a funny thought. Because people would be confused. Or if you've got a cramp... I mean, if you've got an extreme leg cramp um, at a sex orgy, no one would know what's going on. They'd just think it's a really extreme orgasm. Uh, funny thought. Uh, salacious. It's just like what, what a normal stand-up would just turn into stand-up, but I can't be... But I'll give it to you guys as thought, and it's more sincere than me standing uh, standing on a stage doing it. I thought about open-faced sandwiches this week. So basically what happens during the week, I'll write things down on a little piece of paper, on a uh, piece of paper in a book, or in a little book, and then I'll, um, I'll pretend I'm not reading them when I'm talking to you sometimes, but I do. I read them. Uh, thoughts on open face sandwiches. Actually, you know what? That's great to look into for a um, my thinky topic this week as well. Orwellian nightmares and open face sandwiches. What's called an open face sandwich? We'll find out. Uh, here's a great name for a podcast. And I remember I was going to do that positive podcast. Got to talk a lot of shit. Going to do another silly Billy walk. Number one. It's too much work. Oh my God. I feel bad about this. I know I was heading toward the 17th of... March, it's too much. I just can't do it and cook sausages and do a show. It's too much. If the sausages were a hit and I was just employing people and just rocking up like a rock star, yeah, I'd do it. But the fact that I'm chopping chopping onions just to recoup costs. And I know that people have d said they'll donate their time. I'm not allowed to. It's a food and uh, health uh, safety issue thing. I just can't do it. I'm not allowed to do it. And it just wouldn't make me feel good. And I, it's not reliable. And it's it's too hard. I can't do it. So I just don't know what's going to happen to the silly Billy walk. It'll happen at a time when some angel comes along and goes, can I help you with it properly? And let's go look for some money to make it ha happen. Because that's what it needs to happen. I've invested my money into... I mean, this is all dead end shit for me. I keep investing money into stuff that goes nowhere. And I've invested a decent amount of cash into the Silly Billy Walk, into the website and getting photos done and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's just not able to happen without a monumental amount, amount of effort. And I need to be cautious. I'm a dadda and I've got a family to look after. So I have to be financially um, careful. You know, it's, it's, it's rough times, people. And I do, I use Patreon to get me by from week to week. I will be pulling Patreon money out for sausages at some point this weekend because I know that uh, it might be hard squeezing any more money out of my... Well, any money out of my business partner to buy sausages. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Life's rough, but I'm in a good mood. It doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> here's a great name for a podcast. The Good Old Days Ruin the New Old Days. That's a good name, isn't it? 
the good old days ruin the new old days. Uh, oh, here's another sausage thought just quickly. I cooked, rookie error, I cooked off all the onions this morning at home. Then I came in expecting the barbecue to be really, that's right. Your barbecue's got to get really hot. Really, you can't just put a, a bloody sausage on a non-hot barbecue. And they take a long time to get really hot. Uh, what have I got here? Uh, oh, this is big. The complimentary ticket guy. Okay, if you get a complimentary ticket from me and you're a friend, work out your own rules. You work out your own rules. Look up the time of my show. Don't text me as you're coming to the show about where to pick up the ticket. And don't just buddy get there and expect me to rush to you and go, hey, thank God you're here. I've got a whole lot of other people to think about as well. Oh, goodness me. Um, yes, anyway, so if you are a person that's been invited to a friend's uh, performance or something, you do the homework. They've got you a ticket. Don't you rely on them to know what time the gig's on. Really annoys me. Um, now, I found a piece of paper the other day, uh, sorry, a document in on my one of my old hard drives, and I've got no idea what it means, but I like it. So these are highlighted words that I put into sentences that I'm just going to do for you guys. So... Uh, one of them just says origami karma party, which I don't know what, what that means. But anyway, uvula, uvula, the meaning being the small flap of skin at the back of the throat. You, well, that's what it is, isn't it? Cock napkin, cock napkin, use it in a sentence. I wish I'd bought a cock napkin. Uh, backpack Obama, backpack Obama. Don't forget to pack your backpack Obama. <laughs> that's so dumb. What's that mean? Uh, Canadian Jew, Canadian Jew. I met a Canadian Jew, Jewish Canadian, Jewish Canadian. I punched a Jewish Canadian. What does that mean? I don't know what this whole document means. And I, I don't remember writing it. I don't know what it means. Uh, Steve's teething. Steve's teething. Hey, Renee. Steve's teething. Steve's teething is a very, very um, difficult thing to say. Steve's teething. Um... Ovary thief, ovary thief. Use it in a sentence. That Mormon is an ovary thief. Uh, Chinese crisis, haven't got a sentence for that. Turtle dogging. It was a really hard cocaine poo and I was turtle dogging it. I know what that means. That means like when, um, uh, when, when you, you know when you, there's a, like a lack of water hard poo to come out and it's, it's like a rock, that's a turtle dog when you're turtle dogging it and it's poking out. Dogging, dogging. When we congregate in a car park for some car park sex, it's called dogging. Well, yeah, that is what it is. Crumpet kike, crumpet kike. An English Jewish person is known as a crumpet kike. This, these, some of these are funny. <coughs> Pardon me, sorry. Rudy men, Rudy men. You can't sp spell the word rudimentary without the word Rudy men. Uh, I had that in my show last year. This is how... F um, little I use my stuff. Anyway, horny orphan, horny orphan. The little bastard played his trumpet at all hours. He was a really horny orphan. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. Head job, head job. I had to have a conversation with Margaret from the caterers. She was a real head job. That's great. I like that. God, I hope my voice comes back. Come on, baby. I want to have a good show tonight. Um, he uh, head job. That's very funny. Head job. I had to have a conversation with Margaret from the caterers. She was a real head job. You know what might fix my um, chest is chopping onions. I wonder if that'll help. Probably will. Fallopian Christmas. Fallopian Christmas. The elves discovered a glut of Christmas presents at the, at the North Pole, and they couldn't stuff any more presents down the tube chute. Subsequently, lots of children missed out on presents that year. One might say it was a real, really a fallopian Christmas. Um, yeah, the tube shoot. I think that's what that means. Wonderful dick. Wonderful dick. Use it in a sentence. Ian had a truly wonderful dick. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Baltic, Baltic sea slut. Baltic sea slut. The recipe required some Baltic sea slut. Sorry, that was salt. That's a, just a joke joke. Uh, corn chip. Corn chip. Look at that guy go. He's a real corn chip. <laughs> Uh, some of them are funny. Some of them are not so much. Uh, tr uh, blanket wank. Blanket wank. It was a blustery day and Renee got under the cover for a good old blanket wank. Okay, yep. Travel muff. Travel muff. Use it in a sentence. Hey, Garth. 
I can't fit any more things in my travel muff. Um, kneecapped racehorse. Use it in a sentence. Shetland pony. More like a kneecapped racehorse. Nah, I don't like that one. Uh, Palomino. Finish this, finish this lyric. Licapalomino, 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 pony. Um, touch Russell, a game where you can only win if you touch your nearest Russell. Touch Russell. Uh, fucking croissant. Why do I need a receipt for a fucking croissant? Um, anyway, that's all right. Uh, Fruity Doodles. My new favorite breakfast cereal is Fruity Doodles. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. To have sex with an underage candle is also known as Wikipedia. Uh, I've used that before. Anyway, uh, there's lots more, but I don't think they're that good. Um, here's something else here. Why is Simmons haunted by the ghost of Richard Dreyfus? Possibly he goes back to a tumultuous time in his childhood when he was touched up by his uh, by uh, his Richard Dre- Dreyfus doppelganger look, uh, doppelganger lookalike uncle while he was watching Close Encounters of a Third Time in a Beanbag. That's not true. Or not, it's the double Dreyfus effect. It probably doesn't matter anyway. Just suppress it, man. Simmons guide us through uh, the game show like while battling his own personal demons. What the fuck is going on here? The show is scored with a mix of early 90s electronica. Sam gets more paranoid as he stares into his coffee where his inner monologue appears as a face. Sam hallucinates his inner subconscious in food. Oh, right, that's called um, uh, pareidolia when you can see faces in objects like the knots of trees. Um, basins, the front of cars. Anyway, there you go. Um, that's what happened the other night. So in the middle of the night, I don't know where, why I wrote this. So I normally have a texture in bed, uh, a marker or an ink pen uh, near me in bed. And sometimes I wrote write really important notes on my hand, normally one word. In the middle of the night, I wrote the word boring on my hand, which may have summed up the last part of this podcast just then. But I woke up with the word boring written on my hand. Like right now, I've got a smiley face on my hand. So obviously in the middle of the night, I'm like, oh, you need to get happy, man. Um, yeah, right, boring. <sighs> uh, okay, sorry. I am just going through my list of stuff that's been happening this week. Uh, I have here Fight the Dutch Meat Man. So what I've got opposite me is a very expensive um, Dutch barbecue going on. So I then roll my trolley up. I start at four o'clock. They're already like sizzling stuff away and it's a massive swing. It's like a real Viking scene with all these men sizzling meat on this swinging pendulous barbecue over the top of all these coals. But it costs a lot of money and mine costs $7 and they hate me. These Dutch meat men hate me, but I don't make eye contact with them. Not because I'm scared because the main meat man's short. And if it came to blows, if it was a fist fight, I'd probably win the fist fight, even though I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But he doesn't like me. But it's competition, baby. It's the corporate world. Now, what do you call it? It's capitalism, man. Uh, deal with it. But his sausages are really expensive. I think it's like $25 for a sausage from him. Um, but they're all, you know, obviously Dutch handmade out the back. I don't know what they're doing. Or they gently punch the cow to death. I've got no idea why their meat's so expensive. But it is. Um, Anyhow, so uh, that's what I've written down here. I've got to fight the Dutch meat, man. He's short, but I won't. Um, I've also realised I've got no concept of time. When uh, I was watching the Pam and Tommy series on Disney. So it's about Pam, um, what's her name? Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, the the guy from Motley Crue. I I couldn't give a shit about it, but I watched it. It was just easy viewing. But I realised, God damn it, that was such a long time ago, but it just seemed so recent. And the whole soundtrack was of its time. They were playing Moby. Remember Moby, that electronica guy? That's like 20 years old, that shit. Wow. I just go through life just thinking everything's just was yesterday. Go so quick. Um, anyways, I've got some thank you messages. And I've got a couple of voice messages as well. This one's from Emma, uh, who's thanking me for a sausage. Thank you for running the sausage sizzle at the fringe. My fiance and I came through and bought a sausage for you on Sunday and absolutely made our day. It was lovely to have a chat with you at the sausage sizzle and the sausage was delicious. Thank you for going uh, to the effort of putting this on. I can understand how challenging it would be, but it definitely made us smile. Um, we're coming to the show tonight. Oh no, that was on Sunday night. That was a rough show, guys. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Emma. Um, this is from Monaco Bar Brian. Just wanted to say hi and say what a fantastic podcast. I'm enjoying it. I'm oh, sorry, he said I'm loving it. See, I just downplayed it then and said I'm enjoying it. In my mind, I did that, but he said I'm loving it. I found it a bit late, but I've been hamming, uh, hammering it. Hilarious. Thanks for making me laugh and getting me through shit days. Well, thank you, man. 
Oh, good on you. Uh, I love the episode of you lying in, uh, on your side in your underpants. Once you got past the sensuality of it, it was quite soothing and relaxing. <laughs> like a head massage for the ears. Oh, that's really funny. I like that idea. He said, maybe put another one on Patreon where I just lay on my side and shit, just talking to you guys about stuff. Uh, thanks for reading. Oh, good day, mate. Here's another one. Thanks. That's from Brian, Monaco Bar Brian. Uh, love a Monaco Bar. They still exist at IGA. You won't find them in many service stations anymore, but Monaco Bars, they still exist. Uh, this is from, I don't know who, but we'll get through it. Thanks for reading my email on air. It made me happy to know that it made you happy. I have a couple of thinkies and a dream interpretation for you. The first thing here is about anvils um, and how effective they are in squashing coyotes. Yes, so anvils, are, they were in the, all the Wile E. Coyote cartoons, but I think they were just used for bending metal. It was just hard, cold metal that you put hot metal on. Um, another thing here is the Madison cycling event. There's one in Bendigo, that I've never under, but I've never understood it. That's way too fucking niche for me. Also, it's just cycling bores the fuck out of me. It's like race cars. Um, yeah, that's a thing that's just beyond me in terms of any level of interest whatsoever. Anyway, a dream to interpret. I'll do that. I had a dream there was an uh, angry Asian man in a kebab caravan. I think kebab is Asian. Mm, you will find, I think. Because kebab is, I think, I mean, it's Iranian Turkish. That's the Middle East. So that's the East. I don't know. I don't know how it's all classified because uh, when you look at, well... When they talk about the subcontinent and India, that's East Asian as well. I don't know. Anyway, God damn it, wrong things. So there was an Asian man. So I'm just going to say, let's just say, when you say Asian man, I'm going to say a Korean man. Um, let's say a Korean man in a kebab caravan. And he was really cross because he didn't think a kebab caravan was culturally where he should be. Um, I ordered the falafel kebab. Well, that's definitely Middle Eastern. Uh, he got the wholemeal pita bread out and started to pile hummus on it. Nothing else but hummus. Then he started yelling and getting very irate. Well, you might have got confused. I started to feel uncomfortable, so I turned back to get my wallet from my back pocket and saw the pita with nothing but hummus on it had grown massive and turned into a sumo wrestling dojo with two sumos about to wrestle. Um, geez, this is a disturbing dream. Also... You sure this is a dream? Or are you just bloody riding a stream of consciousness here? This is really weird. Anyway, after they showed respect for one another by seasoning the pita and hummus dojo with salt, where they were about to collide. Then there was a giant falafel fell from the sky, wiping them both out, sending the unfinished salted pita and hummus um, sumo dojo flying in all directions. I was woken when a piece of salted pita dojo um, came flying at my neck. Um, I hope at least this may, I hope at least this, I hope this at least made you smirk from Joel. Hmm. Interesting, Joel. I'm going to chuck this out there, Joel. You made that up. That's not a dream. I think you just wrote that down. That's me. I'm calling you out on this, mate. And I would like you to be really honest within yourself. If you didn't, and that's a real dream. I still don't believe you, but I want you to get, I, I need you to contact me back. Joel, contact me back and let me know. And you need to tell me the honest truth because I reckon I can read between the, I reckon I can read between a not real dream and a dream. So that to me, you wrote that down. You like the idea of a hummus sumo dojo. That's what you like the idea of. That seems a little bit too... Hmm. eloquently put together is a bit of absurdism to be an actual dream. So I'm calling you out on it, Joel. That was not a real dream, mate. Ooh, that's bloody controversial. I might be uh, losing a list of people. I might be losing a list and I might be wrong. But I don't think I am. I think you made that one up, buddy. I think you bloody made that up. Anyway, oh shit, it did say he was coming to the show though on April 7th. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, and I've got his number here. I could ring him. I might actually just text him. Actually, I'm going to write that down on my things to do list. Te I'm going to text you, Joel, that you're, hang on, sumo, sumo dojo hummus. Not true. Um, just secretly writing down your number. And I will text you, Joel, because I don't believe you. Um, anyway, god damn it, that's, uh, I've waffled on this week. 
Geez, that's uh, this is, this is going to be well over an hour after I do a thinky topic. Well and truly, one of the longest ones ever. I must be good, and I think my throat's getting better. It's getting better and better. It is getting better. <clears throat> I think by the end of today, after chopping the onions, I reckon I'm going to be in a pretty good place, people. Oh, I can't wait to see my family. Oh my god, I can't believe how much I love being a dadder. I love being a daddy. A daddy lover to book. Uh, okay, let's quickly look up Orwellian Nightmare, and we will be at the end, people. Orwellian Nightmare. Uh, speaking of Orwellian Nightmares, I just I have BBC on a lot, and I just saw then something about Trump's being... No, he's not being. He's going to be fine. He's going to be the next president, people. Leon Nightmare. Here we go. So, Orwellian Nightmare is an adjective describing a situation, idea, or societal condition that George L. Orwell identified, Orwell identified as being destructive to the welfare of a free... It stopped. It denotes an attitude and a brutal or, or draconian control by propaganda, surveillance, disinformation. Yes, we are in that right now. Denial of truth double think and manipulation of the past including the unperson a person whose past existent is expunged from the public record and memory practiced by modern repressive governments wow isn't that amazing i'd love it if i had a simonism where it's just like i feel that joel was heading into a simonism with the uh the dojo hummus uh, what does it call it? The Sumo Dojo Homus. I think that's kind of like you were trying a simonism. Uh, maybe I'm just getting right up my own asshole that I think I should have an Orwellian nightmare. But um, anyway, and what was my other little thinky? We all knew that's what an Orwellian nightmare was, but it was nice to kind of uh, actually flesh it out properly. Open face sandwich. I wanted to know about open face sandwiches. Where, where? I'm just going to do a voice one. Where do open face sandwiches come from? The open face sandwich. Shut up. The open face sandwich has its origins in Scandinavian countries like Denmark and Sweden. The simple concept of putting a piece of bread on top of another piece of bread with some sort of filling in between dates back to the Middle Ages. That's so ridiculous. So it's a sandwich that someone's just opened it up and someone can claim it in Denmark? There must be more to that. I mean, it's not like it's interesting to any of you, but no, we're all kind of, we're a little bit into it now. Now we want to know. Um, open face sandwiches like this are consumed in France, Belgium, Denmark. No, everybody can open a sandwich. I don't understand. That's just like eating. That's just food on bread is an open face. But why is it an open face? Why is it? I mean, if you put a face, why is it a face? What? Hang on a minute. I got to do. Why is it called an open face sandwich? According to Quora, open sandwich is just an English name for one of the oldest ways of preparing bread with add-ons, a slice with a spread and the toppings. No one has to start it. It was known and popular everywhere in Europe since the invention of a sourdough and the baker's yeast to raise bread. That can be sliced. Okay, so it's just... But why an open face? Okay. Oh, well, I don't know. Anyway. Um, well, that's it. I hope that that was fun. I enjoyed that. I and I'm, I, I will endeavour to do it on Monday, but I reckon I'll be sleeping, so I'll try and do it Tuesday. I reckon I'm going to be exhausted by Monday. It's going to be a big weekend. Um, all my love to you. Thank you, Morning Fresh man. Thank you for all your messages. Thank you, Benjamin, for checking in. Oh no, I've got some voice stuff. God damn it! Look, maybe I'll have to save it for the, for next week, and I'll do a big voice episode. Um, voiceover episode where people have sent in messages. Please keep sending your messages in. I love them. I bloody just love them. Even if you're making up dreams, Joel, please keep sending in messages. I just adore them. Let me know what you're up to. Let me know if you're happy. Let me know if love is treating you right. Let me know everything about you. Um, who's going, uh, someone's swimming 20 kilometers soon and she's British. Your bloody name escapes me, but you know I love you. Uh, I'll get onto that soon. I'll get back to you soon. Um, God, Heather? It's got an H name. There's an H in it. Ah, shit. McNeil! Helen! Helen! She's swimming uh, 20 kilometers soon. I didn't look that up. I remembered. Uh, all for charity. So I'll, I'll look into that pretty soon. But look, hey, have a wonderful week. I love ya. Bye. It's a bit sad, that bit, wasn't it? Sorry, I've just, I feel like I've bummed you out. Is it? Just sad. A sad bit that was, wasn't it? 
Sad bit, 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 sad Well, it's a little bit sad.